are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, everybody, to the Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL podcast. I'm Chris Carter of the Locked On Steelers podcast. He's Ryan Tracy of the Locked On Chiefs podcast. And here we are getting you ready for more Thursday Night Football. We've got a lot of things to talk about on today's show. Before we get into that, we got to tell you about our great sponsors from Pepsi. Pepsi reminds you that this football season will be different and that they are here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. I watch this season sometimes keeping a Pepsi right with me, keep it cold, fresh out the fridge, and drink it down when I'm watching Ben Roethlisberger throw another touchdown pass this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. All that said, Ryan, how you doing, my man? You know, it's another week. It's another Thursday night football game. We're going to get to that much, much later. But, yeah, I want to take a second, folks. For those of you who listened on Thursday, this whole new lineup is kind of a cool thing. You get a lot of different points of view. You got Chris from DK Sports at Pittsburgh, DK Pittsburgh Sports, if I ever say that right. But a lot of experience in the Northeast. Like me, I'm out West. I've done, you know, I run an analytics company. I've done the draft metrics forever, like a lot of insight for the two of us, but we have guys on every day. You get Pete Bukowski on the first day of the week, recapping everything. Then you get Ross and Luke, who are going to give you their inside twist and not just about the teams that they cover on a daily basis. You got Tony and James coming on Wednesday, then us on Thursday, and then you get Q and Bo. They're going to wrap it up and get you ready for the weekend. So check out all the shows. We're all different and we all bring different perspectives, but it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of way to take different takes on the same issue across the league. Yeah, that's the thing. You're getting perspectives from all across the league. We've got an all-star lineup. I've, I've, I've worked with all of these guys. It's a great lineup. Check out every day of this every day of this show. Um, but let's get to the top news of the day. Our top story for today's show uh, involves the Las Vegas Raiders in an unfortunate situation with COVID-19. Their starting right tackle, Trent Brown, has to had to get placed on the reserve COVID-19 list, and the team sent home all five of their starting offensive linemen. A huge red flag right now because uh, the Raiders are about to have a really important game against the Buccaneers on Sunday Night Football if that game happens at the scheduled time, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, this just happened a little while ago before we got on here to record, and in, in my mind, all I see is this, like, big huge lineup of of linemen and the guy at the front is Trent and he's like the first domino that falls and the whole team just goes over this is what has been the concern all season because if you get especially a room the size of an o-line room that most teams are going to carry anywhere from eight to ten guys that's a big room that's in tight quarters and once it gets loose having to sit down your entire starting offensive line is going to be a big problem. Now, we don't know that they're going to miss. Like you said, Sunday could still come off. There is that five-day window that they're still inside of barely. But that incubation period goes well beyond that. They could get played, could get cleared to play. They could get bumped right out. And then I don't know what you do if you're John Gruden at that point. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. If his entire offensive line isn't able to go, you'd have to think that, there would be a push to try and move this game maybe to Monday to give them another day to get at least some of those guys back. And again, they didn't test positive for COVID-19, but they were sent home. 
that's the one thing about offensive linemen getting it. If receivers get it, yeah, they're in the same quote-unquote receiver room, but they line up all over the field. For an offensive line to practice together, you got to be practicing right next to each other. You're practicing making sure you're going off on the same foot, making sure that your timing is exact, and you're bunched up to, on each other more than any other group in the in, in the football team. So this, this is, is kind of a nightmare situation if Trent Brown – Passes on his his test his uh, his uh, his uh, I'm excuse me his positive test to the rest of, the rest of the offensive line, uh, but also we we got to remember there's there's still the chance of maybe a false positive and other things that could happen and we've seen that happen happen over time. Maybe some of these guys they test and then they don't get it or they get they test positive and then it, it it proves to be a false positive later. And that if the if the majority of the Raiders offensive line can be ready. For Sunday night football, I think that they got they, they they'll have John Gruden will much prefer to just rock out with that than push this game back and then continue to whack put out of whack their schedule and other people's schedules. I gotta tell you though, I, I'm I think I'm down for a three man line and every spare tight end you can get your biggest wide receiver just line them up on the line of scrimmage and see what happens. <laughs> I tell you what, uh, I, th- I think there's a lot of defenses that would like that too, Ryan, because that, some of those offensive tackles, they're some of the baddest dudes in the league when you see how they, how their footwork works, how big those guys are. People don't realize just because you're big doesn't mean that you're, that, that you're not athletic. When you look at how this, how the, how the, how these, some of these guys move and how quick their feet move under them. And these are six, seven, 300 some pound guys and how they're able to, to, to adjust and quickly move in tight spaces to guys rushing to their in, inside shoulder, trying to move on their outside shoulder, using different moves against them. You know, the, these are serious athletes that we're talking about here. Um, so, so it, it, it'd be funny. I'm sure, but that's the thing. Like, I'm sure NFL t- defenses they would love those edge rushers. Like, if I don't got to deal with Trent Brown or Eric Fisher or some of the big names out there in the offensive tackle position, I would be more than happy to just line up as an edge rusher, pin my ears back, and just bull rush a tight end or a wide receiver. Yeah, I got to tell you, it, all kidding aside, I would be looking at. I mean, I think Max Crosby could probably drop step. I think he might be a guy that could go old school and play both ways for a while. You know what I mean? If you literally are faced with the dilemma of trying to get a team on the field without your top five linemen, you, you got to pull out all the stops and, and figure it out. It's a long shot, but I, I'm, I think I'm here to see that. I mean, it's it's not it's not completely out of the ordinary. Alejandro Villanueva, Steelers starting left tackle. He's exactly that for the Steelers. He was a tight end. He caught passes and the Steelers actually used him two years ago to catch a, a fake field goal for a touchdown, uh, you know, in the end zone. So it's not out of the ordinary, especially, um, you know, I see a, you see it a lot more in college. You see when teams when their tight ends go down they're they're like, hey, you tackle bump over. We need we need you to get ready for this. Um, so it, it's not completely out of the ordinary, but it is something that certainly is a challenge. But here's the thing, Ryan, if the Raiders can't get their offensive line together, this is this is going to be a serious challenge for them because the Buccaneers defense looks for real. Yeah. I, I, from what we saw last week, they are exactly as billed. And it's, it's funny because it harkens back to some of the arguments against Tom Brady's excellence over the years, because relying on defense, it looks like the formula is still working for him down in Tampa Bay. At the end of the day, the whole thing is just keep it together and keep the truck moving. Right. And I have to do that every single day. I use a specific spot to get it done. And chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics versus do it yourselfers like me. And rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody. They're reliably low, and you can always find the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on the market. Rockauto.com is for everyone, and they don't require a membership or a login. 
And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now, and you'll see all the parts they have available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com We'll be right back after one more after one more break, and then we'll be breaking into more talk on the NFL this week. We're back here on the Locked On NFL podcast. I'm Chris Carter. He's Ryan Tracy, and we're breaking down some more of the top news. Now, you heard on yesterday's show that Tua Tagovailoa was announced as the Dolphins' new starting quarterback. But what you might not have heard, what you definitely didn't hear, was news that came out Wednesday that. Uh, this whole move blindsided Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Tracy, are you feeling for your fellow Ryan in this situation? I got to tell you, like for the guy with the best beard in the NFL to <laughs> continue does. to have his heart broke over and over. And over. I mean, at one point you can say, hey, I don't think he's done anything really to to say that he, he has to lose this job. At the same time, it was always a position that you were trying to do the transition for Tua, right? So like, you could see anything coming. It was all part of the equation. I just didn't realize it's just such a personal thing, especially for a guy that has been working this hard and getting through season after season, team after team. Ryan Fitzpatrick's magic on the field is one thing, but his resolve off the field is another. It just takes a special kind of human to make sure that you can continue to be that transition quarterback, whether it's a young guy or another guy or something like that. And it doesn't take away from Tua. It's just that he's the setup guy. And I can understand how that role gets old. It's got a sting, man. And I remember watching this guy when he was young and out of Harvard and throwing up miracle passes. I think it was either, I think it was for the Texans against the Cardinals. And like he brought them back in a crazy comeback game like 10 years ago. And he's always played that second fiddle. And that's so tough. But I also have to feel it's like Ryan, like, the guy was a first-round draft pick. People were saying tank for Tua for months. Yeah, right. Like you had to. Like, I, I feel for him because he's like, "Hey, we're, we're winning. We're three and three. We're we're fighting. We're you know we're we're competitive. We just blew out the Niners a couple weeks ago." Right. And but and, and so I feel like he's like, "Let me let me at least fight through this and get pat get to that point." But at the same time, you have to understand that this this organization, this franchise. They've been they've been named like the, the Dolphins used to be a national brand, but after Dan Marino was gone, they became just a regional team that people in the in South Florida rooted for, and that there's been no face for the team outside of Ricky Williams. So the team and the organization they want Tua to come along, and if they feel like hey we could get him in now and have some success, I, I get it, and, and it sucks for Ryan Fitzpatrick, but that's the way of the NFL. And and I can hear all you Dolphins fans screaming out that, that there's been things in between. And yes, we get that. But it, it's about the, the balance between the future and the past. And nobody gets to play the, the Jets every week. So you have to take advantage of that when you can. And I, the timing is strange, I admit. But I think at the end of the day, you have to feel good about where it's going overall. And getting two on the field allows you to move forward with something new and maybe start that new era like you talked about that hasn't been there since Marino. For me, it's about, man, I got to tell you, there are other people making transitions that we didn't see coming at the beginning of the year. 
Lev Bell's one of them. What's your take on him? Well, it's funny because you're the locked on Chiefs guy. I'm the locked on Steelers guy. I've always loved Le'Veon Bell, his work ethic. I've listened to his trainer talk about him. You know, people have been saying, oh, he carries the ball too much. He touches the ball too much. He's going to be worn down very soon. His trainer is the same trainer for Frank Gore. And I, I've heard him on go on Adam Schefter's podcast for years and say, like, no, Le'Veon Bell trains like a workhorse. He's going to maybe not last as long as Frank Gore, but he's going to have a lot of longevity because he takes this very seriously, even in the offseason. And to see, you know, for, I hear a lot of people in Pittsburgh say things like, oh, Le'Veon Bell, he's done. He's he's washed up. He'll never be good again. And I'm just like, I mean, he's with the Jets. What did you expect with Adam Gates? It, you know, it's, just, it's just a joke. But um, when he goes to the Chiefs, you know, a lot of people that raise his eyebrows. And I, I like the move. I think it's really good for, for the team. I think it's really good for uh for football i think it's gonna be really exciting um you know and uh, there's some people trying to say he's going to be a locker room problem i don't think he is ryan i certainly don't think that there's any reason to say that uh he's got a close friend on the roster and that always helps in, in chris jones somebody he trains with in miami in the offseason so let's keep our fingers crossed he's he's not the only guy that's going to make a big impact though and the guy that I was big on pre-draft that has really come around is Chase Claypool. And I actually like him running out of the slot. I, I would have used him as a big tight end myself. I said that from day one. But the evolution that he, we have seen, and it's not just having a big arm quarterback to throw you. It's being able to run those routes, being able to track the ball over his head. Some of the things people had complaints about in the pre-draft cycle have mysteriously come around. And now it's a weapon that you just can't get away from. They happen to be one of the teams that has to have that deep threat. I think that's going to help them out a lot, and I think you're in for a fun ride this year. I mean, Chase Claypool's been phenomenal for the Steelers. Joe Hayden, on the first day of training camp, said, this guy is going to be a problem. I mean, it was it was notable. It was seen. He was, he was doing that very well. And then you're seeing him. He's lining up all over the field. He's lining up split in flanker, y, you know, uh, 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 X, the, the the slot. He's put, being put in several different situations. Chase Claypool, he was killing the Eagles. And again, rookie receiver, not going to receive all the attention when Juju Smith-Schuster's on the field. But then they say, okay, Darius, like, go get this guy. You're the top corner. Go lock him down. And then on a key third down, Claypool lines up, runs the slant, beat, slaps down his jam attack, and then when, when, when Slate tries to, tries to reach over his back, he catches the ball, gets the first down, points the first down, and, and gets up and, and gets back in the huddle. He's, Chase Claypool's looked for real so far, man, and uh, he's certainly a riser that a lot of teams should be playing for. He's starting on two of my fantasy teams now, and I, I left him on the bench because I was thinking, like, ah, you know, maybe like he'll be like a Martavis Bryant, like you start him once or twice a year when you think he can get a, a big passing play. But, oh, my goodness, he's becoming a consistent factor. He had a rushing touchdown last week. So another player make it, making big plays on that end for uh you know and, and being and being a playmaker that we're seeing this football season and one thing to also help you watch this football to see, season to see more of those big time players is drinking pepsi while you do it this football season it will be different and pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season ryan might watch this season while he drinks a, co a co ice cold pepsi while he watch the chiefs defense 
beating up on people uh, with, 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 the, with the Honey Badger and Chris Jones and company. Pepsi's the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. And we'll be back right after this. We're back here on the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm Chris Carter. He's Ryan Tracy. It's time to talk about these games. Let's get you excited for some of the big matches this weekend. There are some marquee ones. Let's start in the NFC West, a divisional matchup. You get Russell Wilson versus Kyler Murray, the Seahawks, one of the few left undefeated teams in the NFL at 5-0. The Cardinals, 4-2, fresh off of beating the tar out of the Dallas Cowboys. Ryan, you look at this matchup, what's your key factor here in determining who you think will win? You know, I think the question becomes who can perform outside of their norm? Yes, these are two quarterbacks that uh, you know have the same kind of mo. They're they're undercut early in the draft process. They're too small. They can't throw. They're just mobile guys. Well, there's more to it than that, and I think they both shown that. They both have some supporting cast that is kind of searching for their run game a little bit, trying to figure out who's going to be where and who's going to help. I think it's about the defenses. It comes down to is that rebuilding Seahawks defense able to corral, especially the quarterback draws the end arounds that we've seen Murray just destroy teams with, or can they bottle up Kenyon Drake? Uh, I don't know if, if chase is going to get the ball enough for my liking, but those are two questions that I think really depends on for a marquee matchup. That is the quarterbacks. I think it's the defenses that make the difference here. It certainly could be. Um, You like some of the things that that both teams have on both sides of the ball. Now, uh, you know, of course, missing Chandler Jones, Cardinals, that's going to hurt them in the long run. And I think that this is a game where if I'm trusting one of these quarterbacks to avoid the big mistakes, I'm leaning to Russell Wilson uh, being able to beat the Cardinals defense than the other way around. Um, So even though they're on the road, uh, I, I still see Wilson as the guy in this matchup. But speaking of undefeated teams, there's a matchup of undefeated teams in two 5-0 squads, the Pittsburgh Steelers going on the road to face the Tennessee Titans. Titans coming off a big win, a close win in overtime over the Texans. Steelers coming off a blowout win over the Browns. Before I go into it, because I'm the locked on Steelers guy, Ryan, I wanted to get your feedback on what you see in this game. What makes you the most excited about it? I got I to give you a caveat. As much as you're excited... I like old school football. So it's it's really interesting to me. Like we talked about Chase Claypool in the last segment, like the the thrilling, the speed, the size, the, the new era of the NFL, right? Whereas you look back at the Titans and it's a revamp. You, you look at what Ryan Tannehill's become. Again, like we talked earlier as well, getting out from under Adam Gase, getting to a new destination, somebody that believes in him, somebody that gives him the run game to establish that he can play action off of. The the evolution of Ryan Tannehill, I think, is a really interesting story. At the end of the day, it's it's strength on strength in a different way. I think the better defense is in Pittsburgh. I'm sure you have some thoughts on that too, but I, I have to lean towards red, uh, the, sorry, red and black, gold and black. <laughs> it's the black and gold, my friend. Don't get that wrong ever again. <laughs> Actually, that's a real big problem. When rookies come to Pittsburgh, they'll call it the black and yellow based off the Wiz Khalifa song. Shout out Taylor Alderdice High School. Uh, but uh, 
but but it's but they always get corrected by the older class in Pittsburgh. It's like it's black and gold, not black and yellow. Let the team colors get it right. Um, but you know, you're you're talking about you know that old school style of football. The Titans are the number five rushing offense in the NFL right now. They average 157.8 rushing yards per game. They they're really tough. They you know and, and a lot of that's because of Derrick Henry. Now they're also missing Taylor Lewan. I think mm-hmm. that's going to play a big factor in this because he protects Ryan Tannehill and is one of the better blockers on the team. But the Steelers they're the number two rushing defense in the NFL. They're giving up 66.2 yards per game and they just shut down what was the number one rushing offense in the NFL in the Cleveland Browns with Kareem Hunt. I I, I look at this game and I see a lot of things that the Titans do well, matching matching up not you know matching up against some of the things that the Steelers do well. And defensively, I think the problem is for the Titans is that they give up too many. Like you see, you see their overall numbers and what they give up on the ground in the air, and you compare that to what the Steelers are able to do defensively. And that there may be sometimes they give up yards, but ultimately the defense has played well this year, and they're one of the better units in the NFL. I, I think that. The defensive front of the Steelers overpowering the, the the Titans' offensive line might be the Steelers' biggest advantage. And hey, a lot of people have been saying the Steelers' defensive front is the best overall unit in in, in football right now. Yeah, and they better be because they have their hands full. If you uh, allow some of those guys to get loose, I, it's not just Henry, although he can do a lot of damage on his own. One guy that I think is you could see evolve as well is Brown. AJ Brown is a guy that got underrated. DK Metcalf got all the spotlight mm-hmm. back in the draft process. And now all of a sudden he's coming up with huge plays to get them their wins. And I think you got to watch him. I think it's going to be an interesting matchup there. Mink is going to do his thing. Hopefully he's off on the right go now at this point, but I got to question you one thing, all this hubbub all off season and the leading sacks uh, is two for the Tennessee Titans, it's not Jadavian Clowney. Can he actually do anything against uh, that Pittsburgh front on the offensive side? The offensive line for the Steelers has really stepped up this year. There was a lot of questions because David DeCastro went down. Uh, the team had Ramon Foster, longtime offensive guard, retire. Uh, then David DeCastro's backup, Stefan Wisniewski, went down. But Kevin Dotson, the right guard for the team, rookie fourth-round pick, has been phenomenal, Ryan. He has come in – PFF, I think, ranked him the best pass-blocking guard in the, in the NFL so far this year. He's been great in that. He's been become a lead blocker in the running game for James Connor, who also has 300-yard rushing games and has four straight games with touchdowns. And Jakuma Kaur for the fourth, third-round pick uh, out of Western Western Michigan, uh, he's he stepped in at right tackle, and he's been phenomenal. I've talked about a few weeks ago when they played the Texans. Uh, they, they, he, he lined up with J.J. Watt, and it was only the fourth time since J.J. Watt's second year being in the NFL that he's been held without a tackle for loss or a quarterback hit in a game. And Okora for him have played very well. They're stepping up, and David DeCastro looks like he might even be back for this game. But this offensive line, getting that those reinforcements has – kind of dulled any chance of this offensive line. A lot of people thought this offensive line was going to fall off because, you know, it didn't it didn't find the, the answer at right tackle because the right tackle was moving to left guard and Matt Filer. I think that that gives the Steelers an advantage of, as far as, you know, maybe the Titans defensive front takes makes some plays here and there. But all in all, I don't think I mean, they, they held Miles Garrett to one sack last week. I don't see, you know, as many reasons for the offensive line to lose more matchups this week. Okay. So I assume you have Pittsburgh. I have Pittsburgh. I think we both took, who'd we take in the last game? 
Seattle. Yeah, we both took Seattle. So we're, we haven't diverged yet. I think we need to get to that. So that brings us to the Bears and the Rams, another marquee matchup. I see a lot of complaints about how bad the Bears are to be 5-1. and one. Well, guess what, folks? The 85 team won ugly sometimes, too. I don't want to hear it anymore. The transition to Nick Foles has been everything that Matt Nagy wanted. And this is going to be an interesting one because he's got like a career against the NFC West. Nick Foles is a 92 rating. Is he able to get over that hump? Is he able to stay away from Aaron Donald? That's the big thing. Yeah, and it's funny because you could say the same thing on the other side with Khalil Mack coming after Jared Goff. I think this could be a real fun matchup to watch, and it's Monday Night Football. You know, I, I look at I like a lot of the things these defenses do. Um, you got Jalen Ramsey, uh, you know, for the, for the Rams. I I I I, li- I like these matchups. I just I feel that the Rams got a few more answers right now than the Bears. I'm not discounting the Bears wins this year. I'm not going to say that because early on I was thinking like, all right, all right, the losses are coming. But hey, like you said, when you get to five and when you're five and one, it's like, hey, you know what? You better start respecting that team. And, and they got my respect right now. But I, I do like. The Rams, they're at home. The Bears are having to come all the way out to the West Coast. And you're going to see the Rams with with their with their split between the running backs. Jared Goff, he's, he's, they're going to try and keep keep him clean from Khalil Mack. But ultimately, I, I think the biggest thing is that Aaron Donald and that, and that defense for the Rams, they're going to cause so many problems for the Bears that that's where, the, that's where you see Jared Goff be able to make enough plays to get the edge and win in the end. Yeah, okay. I, here's where we're at Diverge. I, I just don't see it. I, okay. At the end of the day, when you're used to having to scratch and claw to get wins, I think you can keep doing it. I, one guy to keep an eye on is Jalen Johnson, the rookie cornerback. I think he might have a big play in this game. And like I said a couple of weeks ago, Mama was a Bear fan. I'm going with them. <laughs> Last but not least, well, maybe actually it is least, because it's the NFC East that it's Thursday night. And, and How can it be least? How can it be least? This is going to be the leader of the <laughs> Of the entire division with two wins. The Giants are one and five at the Eagles, who are one, four, and one. And whoever wins this game has a shot to lead the division after this. <sighs> it's so bizarre. Like I've heard of bad, I've seen bad divisions. I remember the NFC West when the Seahawks went to the playoffs at seven and nine. That was also the uh the 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 Marshawn Quake year, uh, Beast Quake year when he rocked the Saints with his run. But the, the Eagles, I mean. It's it's weird, but I mean I like I think Carson Wentz is finding his mojo again. Travis Fulgham has actually played well for them, but it's just the Giants are sitting there at one and five, and they have a legitimate shot at the playoffs right now. Yeah, it's I mean it, it's a shame that someone from this division has to represent themselves in the playoffs. It's uh it's going to be challenging. One bright spot for the Eagles, and, and I, I'm kind of leaning towards them getting their act together because I just can't see how the Giants can put two games back to back. Um, but I want to keep an eye on Boston Scott, a guy who put a lot of yardage up from scrimmage last week. And I know there's been a lot of questions about the running back position and trying to help Wentz. I think that is part of it. When he can get some solid crew behind him, protecting him, running for him, I think that helps Carson quite a bit. I just I trust Carson more than Daniel Jones, a million times more than Daniel Jones. And you know, if, if as long as the Eagles defensive front can cause some havoc with Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, um, Derek Barnett, Brandon Graham, like, you know, just that whole unit, you know, even if they're not all healthy, if they cause enough havoc, I think it causes way too, way too many problems for the Giants on the road. This is this is still a rivalry game, even though these teams stink right now. I, I went to Chain University, the first historically black college. And we, it's like located just outside of Philadelphia. And 
I got to tell you, Ryan, one of my favorite things to do while I was there, I used to just sit back on NFC East, like big primetime games, and just watch the fans go at each other because we had Cowboys fans, Eagles fans, Giants fans, and Washington fans all over the place. And whenever the Eagles played one of them, it was war. And so I'm still going to enjoy watching some of the, the New York Philly hatred in this game, but I'm taking the Eagles just because I, I believe too much in Carson Wentz and the, the players that they do have. Well, and Carson's up and down. I know there's a lot of doubt. And if you're a Philly fan out there listening to us right now, do your best to support your quarterback because I think he thrives on confidence. And I think it comes down to Doug Peterson. I think Doug puts his confidence in Carson. I think that is going to get him out of this rut. I think it's going to continue. I'm going to take the Eagles as well. So we have one difference on this whole show. One difference. It all comes down to Monday night football. I got to love it. Got to love it. Well, everyone, thanks for listening to the Locked On NFL podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe to us. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere podcasts are hosted. Also, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts as well as a positive comment. That's That stuff really helps out the show. And again, pay it, you know, go, go pay some love to the other guys on the show. If, you're, if you love listening to the Thursday edition, please keep listening to the other days as well. Um, we, we love having you guys around. Ryan, another great show in the books, my friend. Can you believe we're this far into the season already? I mean, for something that was so delayed and we're talking about one in five teams with six games under their belt, I wasn't even sure we were going to get here. I wasn't sure either, but hey, we're here and we'll be back next week for the Thursday edition. But don't forget to turn into your boy Q and Bo Brack tomorrow on the Friday edition of the Locked On NFL podcast.